All right, all right, all right, everybody. It is that time again, the time we all wait for every single week from the green room at Vintage Grace Church. You are listening to the Text Lab podcast. And now my voice may seem a little bit different. No, there's no voice change going on here with David. This is Will Watson. And I'm here with the man behind the mic of all mics, Zach Surface. And we are back for the Text Lab podcast. Zach. Maybe the p- listeners can hear it. Maybe they can't. But what is that noise going on back there? Apparently, there's a pipe right outside this wall that we're <laughs> recording next to. And I, we can just hear all the water running straight down. But, it, so. but I'm curious, like water. What is that? Well, coming from Corpus Christi, you may not be as familiar with it. But it comes from the sky, sometimes clouds precipitation. Okay. You'll get it. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> apparently people in EDH need to be reminded of that as well in the surrounding areas because it's been so long without rain. It is nice. So yes, it is nice. And this is so great. Well, we are glad to have you on the text lab today. We're glad to have some re- nice, soothing rain noises in the background. And for those who don't know, this is the text lab. For our listeners, we this is where every single week we do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. Our goal is simple, to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you are leading a life group or just trying to do some deep dive on your own, we hope the text lab helps you have meaningful study, reflection, and conversations about what God has said in his word. So Zach, go ahead. We're in John 17 verses 20 through 26. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Awesome. There's so much to dive into here. So Zach, you want to give us a little background? Yeah, so piggybacking off of where we were last week, in the final section of Jesus' high priestly prayer, or the Lord's Lord's Prayer, we learn what prayer is, that Jesus is constantly pointing to the Father. He is making known that he's very aware of God's glory, that that's all who it's for. Um, His focus is on kingdom work and desire to keep us from evil, to keep us from temptation, very similar to the original Lord's Prayer. Um, The structure of prayer and a glimpse into Jesus' praying to the Father are what we're getting here for the disciples. That's so good. And in the first two verses, in verse 20 and 21, we see what? This oneness with God, right? This belief in Jesus for saints to be welcomed into this family of God, right? So that that we are not these redheaded stepchildren. We're not Kevin McAllister who's just left on his own. Sorry, little spoiler (laughs) alert. I'm getting excited about Christmas. But um, no, but Jesus is praying this prayer for his disciples. As I and the Father are one, so let them be 
one. The unity of the Father and the Son is the driving force for our community. And because of this unity of between the Father and the Son, those who believe in Jesus are welcomed into the communitas, living together before God. This communitas living is not an inward living, but an outward living, so that the world may know that the Father sent the Son. So, so a good question to ask this week is like, how do verses 20 and 21 drive our communitas? Yeah, and then as we get into verse 22, um, so much of what we talked about last week was glory, and Jesus is mentioning it again this week. Uh, for To refresh your memory, we define glory by saying that we glorify something by giving it honor and praise. We discussed this a little bit more in our life group last night about how we don't really use that phrasing um, today in many areas. We'll sometimes say that like, the United States culture glorifies certain things like sex or money or uh, fame, that kind of thing. But beyond that, we you, we usually use the word like celebrate, but it doesn't convey the same depth and breadth of glory. Um, but notice here how Jesus ties it so closely, glory and unity together. That's why we say communitas is not a uniformity. Everyone's not supposed to be the same. It's a community formed around a centralized mission, the same mission. That our mission is the glory of God in everything that we do because we believe we have the most joy in glorifying God than anything or anyone else. Yeah, and like in the, when we start to realize that, we, we start to live as sent people, right? So Jesus was sent into the world uh, in verse 23, and what else do we see? Communitas with one another looks different than the rest of the world. This deep communitas, this mission that we have together, it's something that we're fighting for our joy together. We're not fighting against the world. We're fighting for the world. Uh, communitas for the purpose of showing the world what true love is. It's this purpose so that the world may know the love of God. And this is a great moment for a discussion question in our groups this week. And just asking the question, like, how do our R2 relationships, this deep communitas that we live in and we're trying to foster week in and week out, how does that impact our R3 relationships? Uh, how we're able to step into those pray, watch, step communities. Okay, so we're going to move into verses 24 through 26. And in 24, we see, again, this deep love of the Father. What is this love of the Father here? To see the glory given to Jesus, to see the love of the Father for Jesus, to see the depth of this love. And, and, and again, all that means is like before the foundation of the world, like, and I want to be clear here, Jesus was not like a created being, right? Like, like Jesus, this is not something we believe. Jesus has been fully God from before the foundation of the world for all of eternity. Every moment, Jesus has been fully God and will be fully God. And so th this statement is not saying, I love you because I created you. This statement is, I love you because I've been in community with you from before the foundation of the world. And before the foundation of the world, what? This has been the plan of God to see Jesus be sent into the world, to rescue the world from the sin that they would willingly partake in. And to bring us into that community with God, the idea that we can know the righteous Father, like in verse 25, um, it says, the world does not know you, but the Son knows you, Jesus knows and is known by the Father, and then the Son acknowledges God's righteousness, and the way that we would define that is a holiness of the divine will and its perfect correspondence with the good of God's eternal law. Jesus using the words righteous Father, speaking to the Father who not just created the law, but perfectly holds the role of judge, juror, and sentencer to those who are not righteous. 
Yeah, and Jesus, in this, in verse 26, the revealing of the Father, Jesus is making known both the righteousness of the Father, but also that all this happens through Christ and his spirit, that that we are deemed righteous by what Christ has done, not by what we have done. And that's why we said, like, look, this isn't like, you're just not a red-headed stepchild anymore. You're not Kevin McAllister, like, being left behind or being the kid who just isn't cared for in the family. No, like, you're welcomed into this. This is a transformation that's happening in their lives by what Jesus is about to go do in this text. And, and this sanctification, right? We see um, the sanctification for those who believe in this truth and this, and, and believing in the word of God. This, this idea, this theme has been throughout the book of John, right? The word is Jesus. The word became flesh. This is the story of where we're pointing people to. All these things are happening so that we would become more like Christ and that Christ would be our treasure uh, and that we would desire this far greater than anything else in the world. And again, like this is showing uh, at the end of verse 26, right? Like we see um, that that they are known by the father. Like this is the point so that they would be sent back out into the world so that they would rescue the world from their sin. Right? Like we, as David likes to say, like we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Like we are the sent ones into the world. So, so Zach, what are some ways that you can apply this text to your life, man? Like what, what, what are some ways that that takes place? I, for me, the realization that, that, we are known by the Father. This personal God that we have is so different than so many other things and ways that people try to find God. The When that veil was torn, when Jesus was on the cross, and we now get to have that communion with God whenever we are looking for it, and Jesus intercedes for us, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, um, it gives me so much hope to know that I am intimately known by this person, and there's this this person of the person of Jesus and the deity of God, and that they are their plan to redeem me is still being lived out in my life. And the way that I can take that communion and community that I, that I see in Jesus and the Father and apply it to the people in my life. Um, I just had an interaction with one of the other one of the moms at Cadence's preschool, and I was saying we should all get together and she told me how her husband has been feeling really isolated and how she doesn't feel like she has community. And I thought that that was, I thought in that moment, I'm so grateful for the community of people that I have, the communitas at Vintage Grace and in my life group that keeps me grounded and that I can share life with. Yeah, that's so good, man. And, and for me, man, like that's been so sweet is like stepping into the space coming from like my wife and I had no friends before meeting people here, like on staff and just at VG. Um, and just stepping into those R2 moments has been so sweet. Um, and now, like, my wife and I are like, this is fantastic. Like, how do we bridge that gap between, again, like, so much of what we talked about today in the text is like, how do we bridge that gap between R2 living um, and being people sent by God in that R3 lifestyle, right? And like, that's, those are sort of some of the questions that we're just starting to ask right now. Is like, what are we missing? Like when, when we are 
like doing R1 and R2 and things are going well, we're like, okay, well, there's still this component that we're missing. And all that means is, is like, we just want to ask the question, like, how do we love lost people the most? Like, how do we really move from being a holy huddle, like inward focus to saying like, no, like I want to engage in those relationships with those yet to believe so that they would find joy in Jesus because there's nothing greater than that. And yeah, it's going to be messy. And yeah, there's going to, we're going to go through seasons, especially moving here, like just meeting new people. It's easy for us right now to meet fellow believers, right? But like getting out of our comfort zone and walking in spaces where like, oh yeah, like we're purposefully here to engage with yet to believe, not to try and, um, not to try and brainwash them by any means, but so that they would find hope, life, and joy in Jesus. Yeah. So if you're doing that while you're working out of the gym, cleaning your house or mowing the lawn, saying hi to your neighbor across the street, driving in the car, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts. We hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are the one who is sent by God this week into your family, into your school, into your work, into Temple Coffee. Yes, that's a correction. The gym and soccer practice, wherever your Pray Watch community might be, and wherever God invites you to go to be the living proof of our loving God. Love you guys. Catch you next time on the Text Lab.